you can have all the Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio podcast with our new app. Just search your app store, uh, Apple, Android, Kindle, we don't care what you use. Search the app store for Explorations Early Learning, download the app, give it a try. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Hey, welcome to Renegade Rules. I'm Jeff Johnson. I'm on the line with Heather Shoemaker. How are you doing, Heather? I'm doing well, and we're back with more renegade rules, although this one's not so much focused on the young children as the people who work with the young kids, all the adults. Hey, they need a little bit of attention, too. So what are we talking about? Well, the more I I talk to folks around the country, I keep hearing a lot of um, hopelessness in in some respects and just not knowing that people... Uh, as adults, have a voice to speak up and um, question things they don't think is right and and maybe even change those things. And so they're feeling kind of powerless? Is that what it is? Yeah, I think powerless um, and also not even realizing that some of these practices um, could change, just a sense of inevitability, that this is the way things are and um, there's nothing we can do. We don't like it, but there's nothing we can do. Um, you know, my husband said something funny to me last night because I was on a radio interview program, and they, this was one of the live ones where people call in, and you're always wondering, oh, my gosh, is the person calling in going to love what I'm saying <laughs> or hate what I'm saying? So luckily the good folks in Wisconsin uh, calling in to Wisconsin Public Radio were quite a, uh, a group of folks who understood child, uh, children and child development and but they were saying things like, how do, we, how do we change any of this? How do we make um, early childhood a better fit for kids? And they, um, kids who are getting three hours of homework and kids who are um, you know, not getting enough playtime and are too structured and all these different things. And I think it was because the sense of we can't do anything about it. And I hear this a lot. And what my husband said when I, we were talking about it over dinner, he said, well, you know, it's not climate change. It's not any of these big problems or we talked about. It's not like the Middle East crisis and all sorts of big, thorny, difficult, complex problems that humanity is facing. With early childhood, all the things that are off, all the things that are not right for kids, they're pretty simple to fix, really. It's about adults talking to other adults because we have the science. The kids, we know what they need. We just need to talk to other adults. It's not a really thorny, complex problem. It will take a lot of work. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be quick. But it's not really that um, difficult to figure out what to do. Uh, Yeah, and and in fact, I think we make it it seem much more complicated than it really is, don't we? Yeah, there's only – I mean, there's only – a certain number of players when you're talking about early childhood. Uh-huh. A lot of people in the in media will talk about the early childhood years, but very few people are actively involved in it. We have families, parents of young kids. 
we have teachers, we have daycare providers, we have preschool teachers, and then we have some of those policy maker type people. Oh yeah, <laughs> and yeah. there's a lot of those that 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 influence this. And I, I, but really, it's a small subset in, of all in, the people. Into into that group, I would I would add the uh, educational industrial complex, the the curriculum yeah. publishers and the textbook publishers, and and the the make your your the fancy catalog classroom. I mean, all right. all those people too. Yeah. But yeah, and but so that's I'm just simplifying it. Yeah, but yeah. It's basically, but um, there's not as many moving parts as there are in a lot of other other issues facing humanity. Right. I, I, the, I agree with that. And the other thing is that all these people, or let's just say the majority of these people, are caring individuals who genuinely like children and care about them. So we've got a good basis to start. And I think what's tripping us up from solving some of these big problems that do get into the complexities you mentioned is that we just don't talk to each other about these things. Um, When I was on the radio yesterday, people were saying, I'm so glad you raised this topic. We were talking about um, homework for very young kids at Mm -hmm. that point. Nobody ever talks about this. This is not a topic that anybody ever airs publicly. We just struggle with it privately. And I was thinking how true that's part of the problem. None of us are really thinking to talk about it and talking about it to other adults. Eek. Um, yeah, and then some of us get some of us get 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 scolded for talking about it for, for talking about nothing else. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Some of us have to talk too much about it because there's not enough of others talking about it. But really, um, I think that we don't realize how powerful we are. I think a lot of us, I mean, this is very human. We, let, we will complain. If something is bothering us, we will complain. And that's wonderful. I think complaining is a first step mm-hmm. because until you complain, even to yourself, <laughs> You don't realize something's wrong. You don't realize something's bugging you. Yeah. But if we stop at the complaining level, um, then nothing gets anywhere. It's like when you're trying to teach two children to um, solve a conflict. Uh-huh. Um, you know, one kid wants the Superman cape and the other one does too. And they could both complain about it. He's mean. He won't let me wear the Superman cape. I mean, that's the complaining stage. I won't let him come to my birthday party, all that stuff. <laughs> but what we, what we see is so obvious when it's the children's problem is, well, we need to take the next step, have them directly talk to each other, you know, face-to-face, have somebody there for support if need be, and say what they don't like, say, you know, try to work out the problem. But when it's ourselves, we often stop at the complaining stage. Yeah, I, I when see. When the next step is so obvious is go talk to the person that's involved directly uh-huh. and explain what you don't like and try to come up with a reasonable solution. I, I, I hear that a lot. And, and the version I, I hear, the, the version of complaining is is the finger pointing. I can't do that because of my director, my lead teacher, uh, the licensing people, the health department, the state legislature, the Department of Human Services, Head Start right. policy, whatever it is. It, none it, of us can fix all of it. But yeah. each of us can fix some level of it. And so it, it for for at, at some level it's just it's easier to complain, isn't it? Yeah, but we need to recognize that then we are the same as two children stuck uh-huh. saying he's mean over the Superman case. So we need to take that next step and follow the example. If four year olds can do this, we can do this. That, you know, take that next step that, in conflict mediation. Uh, that that recognition can be a very uncomfortable feeling, can't it? 
for a moment. But what's wonderful is that then it feels amazing to realize that you do have, it's empowering. And once you realize that you can be a superhero and stand up and say these things, and you don't have to say them in a mean way, you just have a conversation. Yeah, you're... Um, you know, then you realize, oh, you don't feel so bad. It's when you, we feel rotten and we feel small inside when we feel we don't have power. And of course, we can talk about kids needing power too. They often feel bad when they don't have power, but we give ourselves back power when we can take a next step. Yeah, yeah, and this is for I, I think this is very true for caregivers and for parents because those parents who who I mean they know in their gut all the kindergarten homework or whatever it is 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 not the proper choice having the intestinal fortitude to have a conversation with the principal or the or the teacher about those kind of things can can be a challenging thing i was i did a presentation uh, not too long ago and and i hear you know i get the the post event Facebook messages and emails from the the people who didn't feel comfortable talking in the session saying well yeah i want to do this but i can't my director won't let me and 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 i always urge the the have the conversation because until you have the actual comfort you you may think they won't let you you may think you're powerless in the situation but until you have the conversation you don't you don't really know and so uh this last weekend i i had a presentation we're talking about you know letting the kids be bots of their play, giving them time, giving them choice in their play. And, and this young woman messaged me and she said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to my director. And, and she did. And, and, and first she got shut down. I said, what do I do? And I said, well, why don't you ask her, what would, what would it take to let you allow us to try this? And she went back to the director with, with a version of that. And, you know, the director's worry was it's going to be chaotic and it's going to look chaotic and and all this. And, and, and so the the they had they had a real conversation and they decided to give it a try in one of the classrooms. And it went well. Yay. <laughs> and 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 so that little bit of success. And I told her, you know, if this is new to the staff and new to the kids, there's going to be probably some chaos before they settle into this as a new routine. And if you ride that out, which could take a couple weeks, it's going to settle down. If I mean, if the first day feels good, um, there's there's likely to be some some bumps. But as it settles into the new routine, it'll get easier and and just more normal for everybody. So it'll it'll get even better than than what you think is great. And uh, and so the director's willingness to to give this a to do this experiment. And the the provider's willingness to you know to go have that hard conversation, that scary conversation with the with, with the director, led to her feeling more empowered, the director feeling more empowered, and in the classroom, the kids being more empowered. Right, exactly. And I think it's that first beginning step, that commitment to begin, which is the hardest for us. And we should give ourselves a break if it takes a few weeks for you to get your courage up to do this. That's okay. But um, but just trying that first step, usually the conversation will go reasonably well, or at least they'll be kind and ni nice to you. I think that the other thing that plays into all this is a deep-rooted uh, training, I guess, that we have not to question authority. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's misguided because, to me, um, 
really nobody has authority. We're all human beings on the earth, and uh, we're all the ones we're talking about are adults. So some may have a different job than you do. Some may have a different position, but nobody has uh, authority over you. Um, so you have when you're talking about kids' needs, kids' needs to play, kids' kids' emotional needs. We we have the responsibility to speak up when things are out of whack. And if you notice it's out of whack, that gives you authority because you you have this knowledge to speak about the subject. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a that's a hard. It's a hard. It's hard to wrap your head around sometimes when when you've been led and 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 frankly this idea that that there's always an authority figure looking looking over our shoulder uh i mean it goes right back to the kindergarten classroom and so we're raised up with with this feeling that i can't speak up and i don't have power and and they're the boss of me and and realizing that you are free to have your opinions and free to voice them can right. be a very uncomfortable thing for people. But like you said before, you work through that discomfort and then you get that feeling of empowerment. And yeah. that, that is such a valuable, valuable thing. Right. And instead of thinking in terms of authority, because my brain doesn't work that well with uh, thinking in terms of other people as authorities, I think in terms of respect. And so when I interact with somebody, I want to um, have them feel that I had a respectful interaction, um, and I expect that they will do their best to respect me. So, and I try to respect the children. So it's more of a level of respecting somebody else than uh -huh. placing somebody in a position of authority. So it's a little easier for me to cross that boundary because I don't, I don't have this ingrained sense of uh, we were we were um, encouraged to question our teachers a lot in the elementary school that I went to. So that was an, a, a mode of living, and we were encouraged to question um, in my family. But a lot of families, it's the opposite. Yeah. In a lot of schools, it's the opposite. And so we have to counteract decades of <laughs> ingrained training of, well, don't question the established system. Don't question the authority that is in place, even if it's wrong. Yeah, if, if you went through your, your whole school experience being scared of the authority the teachers and principals had over you, and then you're, you're a young parent, and you walk into that school, you turn into an eight-year-old again. And, yeah. and, and it, yep. it's, it's hard to, you gotta obey the teacher. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and so it's hard to, to stand up for your children in those situations. But, but the, the after effect is, is, is very empowering. And, um, so really, I think the message is we can feel hopeless about it, but the first step is just to, for adults to start talking to each other and to express what they feel is out of whack and try to get the focus on the kids so that, the, so that we can together create a better situation for the children. And all it takes is the courage for one adult to talk to another adult, and then it will ripple out. Um, just yesterday, again, on this radio interview, the host of the radio show happened to be on a school board. Mm -hmm. He said, well, I'm on the school board. I'm going to pass out your book. It's okay to go up the slide to the other school board members because <laughs> we need to address these things. So, it's, you know, not every adult is disconnected from the establishment and the authorities. We can 
start to ripple around. You never know who your neighbor is and who they might know. So just begin the conversation. It can it cannot hurt to begin to talk to the adults around you. Uh, that must have felt good hearing hearing that from the from the host of the show. That's that's awesome. I hope they I hope they read the book and do stuff with it. And 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 I agree. There. I mean, most people most of the time want what's best for children. Although a lot of them need some education on this, and and they're they're open to it from when when they're approached respectfully like you talked about and 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 given good information and so i think we can do a do a lot along those lines and since we got a few minutes left i got to ask you what would you do with the people that are the opposite of, the, of that what do we do with the the lumps who don't want to absorb any new information and are very comfortable with things the way they are and right. and and actively push back against change because those I'm, I'm i'm sad to say it but those those people are out there because there there is a certain percentage of the people working in in our profession right. that are warm bodies and happy to be so yes well um you know i would say don't be discouraged if the person that you encounter is 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 not going to change or listen um or listen deeply at all um try somebody else because Either that person will change slowly over time and it's just not the right time and you can't press that, um, or they're never going to change and, and then, you know, don't waste your time. But there will be somebody else who will listen. So try it, and if it doesn't work, try somebody else. Yeah, and I, I you know, I hear this from from young people working in this profession that they're, they're working in a program that, I mean, it said they were play-based in the staff handbook when they were hired and then they actually get into the classroom and there's not play happening and they get very frustrated because they they feel like they want to they and they make attempts to change the system from the inside and and bring information to the lead teachers and the director and that kind of stuff and then nothing ever goes forward for some people it comes to the point where you know if if they're in that system and there's no way to make change, right. sometimes you gotta you gotta get the want ads out and start looking for a program that actually meets your philosophy. And so, I really encourage staff right. not only you know you sure you're being interviewed for a job, but you are also interviewing that program. And if and you need to do your do your research, do your homework to make sure that there's a goodness of fit between you and the program you go work in. Otherwise, you're asking for headaches, asking for yeah. struggles. And, and what we're talking about will be a different message depending who you are. So, for example, um, a family, a parent, a grandparent cannot lose by talking to anybody about these things. They yeah. can talk to principals, teachers, school boards, daycare people. You, they have no job hanging on mm -hmm. this. Um, likewise, um, home daycare providers who run their own program or small-scale programs, they can choose internally. They can change internally and, and make these changes. But if you are in a position of being a teacher in a program that is not a good fit, um, you know, as you say, <laughs> interview them at the interview. But if you've missed that and, and you're in a situation that's, that that's where you're getting your income from, you have to make those hard decisions whether you're going to stay with the income and the job security or whether you're going to find um, a place that, that understands kids better. Um, and it's a tough, tough situation to be in. And depending what, where you are, you'll make one choice or another. In, in graduate school, when I was broke, I, I certainly remember the anguish of, 
of resigning from a job that was an ill fit, and that was my entire food money at that point. Uh, yeah, you know, so it's not it's not easy, um, but it is easier for some adults to talk to others, and the school board is a great one to talk to because um, they're hired to listen. <laughs> yeah, it's their it's their job to pay attention to you and 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 be respectful of what you have to bring to them. Absolutely, and and changes. I mean, as you've been out uh, touring around and doing interviews for the book, are you are you hearing? Are you hearing some positive stories along these lines? Because I think I think sometimes we get we get blinders on that nothing's changing, nothing's changing. And so as we wrap this up, Heather, do you have any success stories you've heard that we can we can leave on a high note with this with this topic? Yeah, I, I've been very heartened because for some people it's just the fact that they've never thought of some of these issues before. And as soon as somebody has a meaningful conversation, their eyes are opened. Um, one person um when I was in Ohio, I met with some people who just opened up a new kindergarten through second grade that's going to be play-based and, um, uh, you know, a wonderful philosophy. And they said, we need to have a school in this city. And they said, after a while of thinking about it, okay, we're going to be the ones that start this school. <laughs> um, and others I've heard from in Canada who've been um, also on school boards starting to shake up some policies and, and talk about these things on that higher administrative level. So sometimes if all you can do is just have a conversation, it might be heard by the people who are going to be the entrepreneurs and be the school board policy changers because that's they may not have had time or knowledge to think of these thoughts. So if you have the knowledge, try to share it. Absolutely, and as more people do that, as they uh, they take a little bit of control and they and they they exercise the power that they do have, uh, at at some point we're going to reach a tipping point where change happens quicker and more efficiently, just because there are so many people on board with it. Right, right. So share your successes, and if you're nervous about having a conversation, you know, find a buddy to report back to and say, okay, I'm going to take the plunge. I'm going to try to talk to my kid's teacher, or I'm going to try to talk to my boss about this. And then um, have somebody to be a sounding board that's ready and waiting to catch you after you've had this conversation. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, so so that you're both able to be better um, advocates for children into the future. Absolutely, absolutely. This has been another episode of Renegade Rules. Heather and I thank you for listening and hope you tune in for another episode soon. And uh, go by uh, It's Okay to Go Up the Slide if you haven't got it yet, because, you know, why not? Uh, we'll be back soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh. Hey, you want to support all the Upstairs Studio podcasts? It's as simple as this. Use our Amazon link when you shop Amazon. We get a small percentage of what you spend. You don't pay any extra. You get your stuff from Amazon. Everybody wins. Where do you find the link? Well, it's on the Explorations Early Learning app. You can find it on the Explorations Early Learning website. And if you don't find it in those places, just get a hold of Jeff on Facebook or via email, and he'll hand-deliver it to your inbox. Thanks for your support. Bye-bye.